Hello, this is Jagger from the Monta ja- recording for the Monta Jagger podcast. It is Friday, five twenty-six in sunny New Jersey. Very sunny. It is. It is fucking a billion degrees here. No, but it is eighty-eight degrees here. It is hotter than Houston in New Jersey right now. It is hotter than Miami right now. It is hotter than Naples, Florida right now. Suck it, Florida. Come at us. All right. Um so my week my week was Decent, um, better week than last week sales-wise. I sold three policies, two policies, three over, three items this week. Um, so one policy had two items, one had one, um, obviously. And I'm waiting to hear back from this woman. I think she's going to buy for me. Her and her husband would be dumb if they didn't uh, buy for me because it's just it's a great price. Um, they'd be paying like two sixty for home, full coverage on three cars and a motorcycle. Um, and you know that's 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 uh, that would be great. But I don't I don't know. I'm having a feeling she's not gonna call only because she doesn't. She wants her husband's blessing, and I can respect that. Um, so if not today, Monday, get it. And yeah, so I'm looking for things to talk about. I don't know. Um, oh, the Mario movie. Um, the Mario movie is crushing it. Let's see, Super Mario. The Mario movie box office as of Wednesday, I believe I checked, was at 420 million dollars and it hasn't today marks a week i think it's since it's been out for a week and right now it's at 437 million dollars and um chris pratt is the lead is the lead in um super mario he plays mario which which asked me to believe myself is he in the top three of movie maker money machines has a movie he's been in made under 500 million dollars let's see some of his blunders that i've never seen so i've never seen jurassic world um dominion that's a i just the jurassic park they shouldn't have never done the fourth installment um in my opinion um, the only cool thing about Jurassic Park was the, so Jurassic World Dominion did a billion dollars. That came out last year. There's no reason why that movie should have made that. Jurassic World King, Fallen Kingdom came out in 2018. That made 1.3 billion. This leads me to believe that Chris Pratt is probably one of the most sought after talents in the last five years, I would say him, 
Tom Cruise, and maybe Will Smith. Um, if Will Smith didn't have that whole Oscars thing, then he could have still been number one. I'm gonna say the top. No, no, no. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say the top five box office actors. Chris Pratt has to be on that list. Top. Okay. Oh, don't allow. Okay. Highest grossing leading actors of all time in the United States. So this this list is not in the last five years. It's of all time. So. Okay. Chris Pratt is on this list. So number one is Samuel L. Jackson. Um, at an average of five points. I think that's an average uh, by cumulative by cumulative domestic box office revenue in parentheses in billion US dollars. Um, so Samuel Jackson is 5.7 billion. Second place goes to Robert Downey Jr. at 5.4 billion. Scarlett Johansson, that's actually kind of surprising. Uh, just because I only know, I really only know her from Black Widow. Um, the Black Widow character, but I mean that doesn't that does make sense because she is I'm sure she's a great actress also, but she's just like like the surface of the sun hot. Um, it's just a fact. Four number four is Tom Hanks. Pretty impressive for Scar Scarlo Joe that she's in front of Tom Hanks, who has been in in the game for a long time. Tom Cruise is number five at four point seven billion. Sorry, I don't know if I said Tom Hanks is at 5.12 billion. Tom Cruise at 4.7 billion. Zoe Zaldana is at 4.6 billion. I don't know who that is. Zaldana. Oh, she's Gamora. Wow. You know why that is, though? Because she's always in those big, like, sci fi box office ones. Um, Chris Pratt is 4.3. So if I had to guess, I would say Chris is in the top five in the last five years. Um, let's just keep going on this list while we can. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is 4.3. Bradley Cooper is 4.3. Then Chris Evans, 4.9. 4.09. Harrison Ford, 4.05. That's actually pretty shocking. He's not further up the list. Johnny Depp, 3.6 billion. I can see that. Dwayne Johnson, 3.6 billion. I can see that. Eddie Murphy, 3.5 billion. I can see that. Will Smith, 3.5 billion. I thought Will would be higher. Tom Holland, 3.4 billion. He's pretty young. He might be the youngest person on that on this list, and that's pretty impressive for someone that young. Uh Vin Diesel, 3.4 billion. Mark Ruffalo, 3.3 billion. That's pretty surprising considering Mark Ruffalo. Only he's really been in the Hulk, and he's been around for a while. Uh, Don Cheadle, 3.2. John Don Cheadle's a good actor. And Matt Damon is 3.2 billion as well. There you have it. So I'll, I'm basically right. Um, wow.
So following the Anheuser Anheuser Bush scandal with the Dylan Mulvaney and all that, however you feel about it, um, Anheuser just came out with a message regarding the whole fact. Um, I just saw it right now on Twitter. I'm reading it for the first time. I don't know what it says, so I'm gonna read it right now. The so it's a picture of a statement, and the top is. There's a heading in gold that reads, Our Responsibility to America. Then the rest of the text is in black text. As the CEO of a company founded in America's heartland more than six, more than 165 years ago, I am responsible for ensuring every consumer feels proud of the beer we brew. We're honored to be a part of the fabric of this country. Anheuser Bush employs more than 18,000 people. And our independent distributors employ an additional. Our independent distributors. Oh, okay. Employ an additional 47,000 people, 40,000 valued colleagues. We have thousands of partners, millions of fans, and a proud history supporting communities, military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans everywhere. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. My time serving this country taught me the importance of accountability and the values upon which America was founded. Freedom, hard work, and respect for one another. It's true. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I am focused on building and protecting a remarkable history and heritage. I care deeply about this country. This company, our brands, and our partners have spent much of my time traveling across America listening to and learning from our customers, distributors, and others. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across our nation. So this is after the fact they gave Dylan Mulvaney a sponsorship um, a sponsorship basically they sent him a can with his her face on it and um Look, how do you feel about it? Like, I don't care. I honestly, if I had to drink one beer, it would be Corona. I don't think they own Corona. I don't think they own Corona. They own, like, every beer under the sun except for Corona. But um, Bud Light, to me, tastes like water with yeast in it. But anyway, um, so I never really cared for Bud Light that much. Uh, I like their logo. I think their cans are cool. Apparently, they've been... Um, in favor of gay rights for a while now. So it's kind of hypocritical of some people. The reason I think it's... I have trouble understanding why they did it. Is because the people who support Dylan Mulvaney... Wouldn't necessarily be big beer drinkers in my eyes. I don't... Like, I just don't... From a marketing and communication perspective... I just don't really understand why they would go for it and i've actually read some stuff online that um and this makes more sense that they were kind of uh the way i understood it is they were kind of pressured into making this ad campaign because you kind of get like these like credit scores for to be calculated into a kind of like an spf 500 type thing um, I don't know. That makes more sense than them thinking that people would be like, oh, cool. 
I mean, th- that would literally be like me being like, <laughs> like me being like a Victoria's Secret sponsor. Like, oh, they sent a bra with my fucking initials on it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's um, yeah. But they own like every beer. They own Budweiser, Bud Light. And a whole bunch of other, like, little beers. Um, I'm trying to think of... But uh, they don't own Corona. I think they own Stella, too. Do they own Miller? I don't think they own Miller. I think Miller is owned by Miller Light. Uh, Miller Brewing Company. Melson Coors, yeah. So Miller, this is probably the best thing that's ever happened to Miller. They're probably gonna be like, <laughs> they're just gonna be, they're just gonna be. It should be a meme where like they're like watching up top from a tower, and it's just like someone should. I should make a meme like that, and like they're like, um, Bud Light's like fighting like fucking other people. I don't know something like that. That'd be funny. But yeah, no, I don't care. I really don't care. These, I have, I'm starting to, I'm honestly starting to really believe that these culture hot button topics are, they're real, but I think they're being used to divert the attention of the average America. You know, divert it from the fact that China doesn't want, and other, and the BRICS, uh, uh, they don't want to use our money for oil anymore, or the fact that Ukraine, there was a fucking leak by a 21-year-old in Massachusetts in the Air Force, and he leaked sensitive information that shouldn't have been in the reach or hands of a 21-year-old. Um, I think it's all meant to, I think it's all meant to, in one way or another, I think indirectly, divert us from real pressing issues um whether that be fentanyl or foreign powers like china and russia and the domestic issues in afghanistan with the taliban against women um those are the real women being oppressed um you know, those Afghanistan, the, I can't think of a harder place to be a woman, but, um, yeah, I think it's just propaganda at this point, all this stuff. It seems so ridiculous that everyone's worked up over a fucking beer. Cancel culture has no has no it is not going away anytime soon the only re- the the uh i do think though that all this ai stuff you can literally generate an ai photo of anything you can you're going to soon be able to generate generate an ai video of anything it's going to completely upend the legal system and the cultural system you're going to be able to get away with fucking murder 
with this AI stuff. You can be like, that's not me on the camera. No, no. Someone had the ChatGBT photo, text-to-photo app. How are we going to be able to decipher real from not real? I hate to say this, but they're actually going to have to do some real hardcore government regulation on... But you see, you say government regulation, and then there to be like, oh, you know, the government can use it, but it, like it's always, it always falls into the wrong hands. That's what the problem is. I, uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan, and um, apparently in the book Dune, they just outright banned it. And I think that's the only, th- that's going to probably, it's probably going to come down to just absolutely banning it. Um, but... Like, okay, so just hypothetically, the U.S. bans AI, Constitutional Amendment 28, the anti, no artificial intelligence at all. You write an amendment saying any use of AI in the continental United States or any business person or entity that uses, promotes, or not promotes, uses, utilizes, or develops or sells or develops a artificial intelligence will be subject to treason. Like, let's just say something like that. Like, okay, that's great. But how would you stop China and fucking... You, you people out in Belgium, I see you still listen to my podcast. How do you stop the Belgians from using AI? You don't. It's going to be impossible. Like, what do you do? Instead of the United... United Nations, United Nations, they, like, who listens to them? Who listens to these world organizations, like the WHO or the United, like, we're all our separate entities. Um, America could pull out of NATO tomorrow, and NATO would cease to exist, and that's just... Sorry, I know that's a very nationalistic thing to say, but it's kind of true. At least from what I would hold. That's what they tell me. Um, but yeah. They're really... Because you're going to be able to say anything is fake. Um, like, where does it go from here? Everything's going to be so hard to prove genuine. Is genuinity a word? I don't know. The genuinity is going to be gone. It's uh, it's going to get crazy. The Trump photos of him being arrested that by the AI, made by the AI, were crazy good. One of them, one of them the caption was like, Trump taking over the NYPD... NYPD, he's got like a gun and he's like walking down the street with the officers behind him. Oh, I should make that my screensaver. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking of him, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I don't know if I said this, I know I was talking about this last week, but the more and more I think about this, the more and more I think about 
the presidential election of 24. And that being if Trump's the GOP nominee, which he has a basically 90% chance of at the moment. I mean, Ron DeSantis is cool and all, but he just doesn't have that character. He doesn't have that bigger-than-life caricature. Um, and I do think it's going to be closer than people think, but I think ultimately Ron loses... He's going to finish out his term in 2026. He's either going to run for Senate afterwards. Do two years in the Senate. I don't know if there's a seat up in 26 in Florida. Oh, no. Rubio. Oh, well, but Rubio will be in that seat because Rubio won last year. So, yeah, so 6 plus 22. Is... Oh, no, no, I'm wrong. No, no, I don't think there will be a seat up. In 2026 for Florida. Um, I don't know what he does. Like, the He can't wait for 2028 because people are going to forget about him so effing fast. Um, I, I just don't see how, like, he has to run. This is his only shot. It kind of sucks for him, you know. He probably hates Trump so much because this is really his only shot to being president. I mean, maybe if, if Trump or Biden wins in 24 and then he uh, just does a really good job at governing until 2026 and then maybe... Maybe... I don't know. Like, maybe... Like, let's say Trump wins... Maybe, maybe he could promote DeSantis. Maybe they're bargaining for, like, okay, I can see this happening now. Like, say, like, actually, I don't know if it's just happened because Trump is just fucking railing. He's calling him a rhino, globalist. Basically call him a groomer and gay the other day, the other month. But Trump's bargain to DeSantis to get him out of the race would be... I'll fucking set you up. Cushy job, Secretary of Transportation, Secretary of Treasury, head of the DOD, you had a military background, like, or or Attorney General. Like, pick your... And then in 2028, when I can't have a second term, third term, you can uh, run for president and you'll be the front runner. Because you'll have experience in every lane. You'll have, you'll be, you'll have been a congressman, you'll have been a a governor, an attorney general, or whatever. That um that would be actually pretty smart. I don't think Ron can beat Trump's VP. I don't I don't think you can have them from this I don't think you have a VP and a president from the same state. Um for weird electoral reasons. But Back to my original point when I was talking about this. I don't want to dwell on this too long because I talked about this last week. It's just been on my mind a lot. Um, But the more I think about it, the more I do think Trump has a good shot of winning again. Like I discussed last week, all he needs is Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona, which isn't too crazy considering he lost them by less than a point each 
Um, Wisconsin was 30,000 votes. Georgia was a 10 or 11,000 votes. And Arizona was like 10,000 votes. So the question remains, those voters who went out and voted for Biden because they absolutely despise Trump, are they going to come out again? And I think they won't. Because I can understand why someone wouldn't want to vote for Donald Trump. He's brash. He's he's a baby. He's a sore loser. He's maniacal. Maybe you like his policies, but can't run away from those things. But you look at Biden and he's just... unapologetic he's grumpy looking he's you can tell when he gets tripped up on himself and I'm not talking about the actual like tripping that he's done like physically like when he trips up on himself when he speaks he'll make like there's just a lot of awkward moments from him like I don't understand how someone could vote for him i really don't i'm sorry sorry i don't get it i just i get the anti-trump vote but i don't i I don't know it's a shame that those are our only two options i've actually been thinking a lot about the electoral process and i think back in the 1700s it made sense but i think a ranked choice voting system like how Alaska implemented. Um, I honestly think that would be the best option. So this would be my 28th amendment proposal. It would say, uh, you know, we're going to scrap the electoral voting process for president and we're going to make it that it's a ranked choice voting. So how it would work is you still have the primaries. Um, so each party, so I'll be in the Constitution, I would say each party will select their candidate based on a election held in the January before the January of the election year. You have ranked choice voting on different days in January um, the the states will decide who is on the ballot based upon I don't know I'm not a lawmaker but it would be something like that and then ranked choice voting you write alright so these 2024 example you would say oh I want Biden as my first pick but Trump is my second pick and Ron DeSantis is my third pick um, and then it would so if, if if people have the most votes, so say if Ron has the most votes, so say, oh, fuck it, let me look at an example. Ranked choice voting explained. Ranked choice voting makes our democracy more 
equitable and gives voters more choice at the ballot box. Voting, oh, so basically you're voting for more than one candidate, which is kind of cool because you're not, you're not, um, you're not fucking hardwired to one shitty candidate. You're not, you're not playing, uh, you're not voting for the lesser of two evils. Uh, so voting for more than one candidate on the ballot in a single race may seem a little odd to most, but to those familiar with ranked choice voting, RCV, it has provided a way to improve voting and elections. RCV elections are more inclusive because it gives voters an easy and more meaningful way to express their candidate preferences. What is ranked choice voting? Ranked choice voting is a process that allows voters to rank candidates for a particular office in order or preference. Consider a race where four candidates, A, B, C, and D, are running for a single seat, such as governor. In an election utilizing RZ, RCV, voters simply rank the candidates one through four, with the candidate ranked one as being the voter's highest preference for governor. If a candidate, if a candidate is the first choice of more than half the voters, that candidate wins the election. But if no candidate gets the majority of the vote, the candidate with the least amount of support is eliminated. The second choice votes for the eliminated candidate. Wait, oh, fuck, now I'm confused. I'm, hi- I'm hyping this process up and I can't even understand it. I understand it, I just can't put it into words. I'm serious. But if no candidate gets the majority of the vote, the candidate with the least amount of support is eliminated. That makes sense. The second choice votes for the eliminated eliminated candidate are redistributed. And this process continues until a candidate wins more than half of the vote. For example, let's say a voter prefers in rank order candidate B, C, D, and then A. But no candidate receives a majority of the votes in the first round. And candidate B receives the least first choice votes candidate b is eliminated all and all votes for candidate b are distributed to the vote to the voter's second choice which in this case is candidate c this process repeats This process repeats until a candidate has a majority of the vote. Okay, wait, so... Okay, so B is all the way at the bottom. He gets knocked out. And they are distributed... Okay, so say if you voted for B... Okay, so say if you voted A, D, C, B... So A, D, C, B. B gets knocked out because it had the least amount of votes. So those, your vote is now being, you're now being counted as vote C. My question is though, that's got to be so fucking hard to count. Look at this picture. One, voters rank in order of preference. Voters first choices are tallied. The votes are retallied. Does one candidate have the majority? Great, the candidate's winner. Uh, so basically, you redistribute votes. Um, 
it may get messy because, you know, regular voting gets messy here. So, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I, I think it could be interesting. It would never happen. We're, we're going to deal with the Electoral College for the next 100 years. Um, I genuinely believe that. You know. Um, the only way it changes if America gets to a billion people and, you know the major cities get pissed that the suburban towns are deciding the outcome of the elections. I, like, I don't know. It would have to be something like that. It would have to be something like that. I had to use the interactive map. Ow, fuck. I put my clip on the finger. Shit. I'm just looking at my map, my 270 to win map. So, yeah. All Trump would need is Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona. Let's go to 538. 538. General election. 2024. Pennsylvania. Um, 538 doesn't have an official count. So, there was a poll. I mean, honestly, also... The other avenue Trump could win, but I don't think I think it's very unlikely, is if he would only need to win Georgia. So all obviously all the states he won, he would need Texas, Florida, Ohio, Iowa is pretty safe. All he would need to win is the ones he would only need to win two that he lost, which the two that Biden flipped, which were the most surprising one, which was Georgia, and not too surprising was. Pennsylvania, he would win by 270. Um, so literally, but what's interesting is if Biden wins a congressional district in Nebraska and wins the first congressional and second congressional district of Maine, then... Biden wins. So it's pretty amazing how two little itty-bitty districts affect a whole fucking nation. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty nuts. But it's most likely going to be red, and that's most likely going to... Or if... So if... Or what would happen? If the Nebraska... So if Nebraska's two districts go red... The third district goes blue. The whole state of Nebraska goes red. And then everything in Maine goes blue. It would be 269 to 269. Um, and if that happens, Republicans win. Because there's more state delegates. And each state would have a vote. Um... And people would lose. People's minds would melt like ice cream. <laughs> it it would be nuts. Um, electoral college ties.
Electoral college tie 2024. Final combination is a uh oh this actually tells you tie combination so you need florida red pa red georgia blue north carolina blue michigan red this map would never happen uh arizona blue wisconsin red nevada red that's not gonna happen but tell me the Alright, this is from Sabato. The Sabato's crystal ball. Um, if no can candidate receives a majority of electoral college votes in the U.S., the U.S. House of Representatives elected... Uh, if no candidate receives a majority of electoral votes, the U.S. House of Representatives elected in the 2024 election would decide the presidency. The Republicans are very likely to continue to control enough House delegations to select the GOP winner as the nominee as the winner, meaning that 269 is effectively the winning electoral college number for Republicans, while it's 270 for Democrats. Um, Republicans currently control 26 of 50 House delegations, the bare majority to win in the House if the electoral college does not simply break produce a majority winner so to give you an example new jersey has 12 um electoral college i mean 12 electoral votes no 14 but 12 are from the house you would need so new jersey would be blue because they have more democrats in the house delegation the presidential election of 1824 was the first one in which there is a tabulation of the actual popular vote for president, albeit not from every state. A majority of states in the Union at the time had adopted a popular vote for presidential electors. Uh, previously, presidential electors had generally been chosen by state legislatures. Thus, one can subscribe, describe 24 of the 200th anniversary of the popular vote for president, even if the totals represented 18 of the 24 states voting at the time. Yeah, man. It's going to be fucking wild. It's going to be fucking wild. I honestly don't know who I want. I have no idea. Um... I'm just going to kick back and watch. I'm just going to kick my feet back, get some popcorn. Boy, I cannot wait for those debates. I, it's like a, it's going to be like a fucking movie. Watch, watch they suck. No, it's going to be like a fucking movie. It's going to be a comedy show. You know what? I you know why I I'm really excited for these debates cuz they don't make funny movies anymore. The last the funniest movie I've seen in a while, it was like either The Hangovers or maybe the Long Shot movie with Seth Rogen. That was actually pretty good, but that was like 2017. They don't make funny movies anymore. I'm gonna look up best comedies of 2022. I bet you I haven't seen any of them. That's why superhero movies are in, because they're not only really fun to watch, they're they're comedic 
they find you themselves in comedic situations that, and they dare to go an extra mile. Best comedies twenty twenty two. The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. No. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. No. Clerks 3. No. The Adam Project. Don't know what that is. Sea Beast. No. Teen Titans Go. No. The mass, the Umbrella Weight of a Massive Talent. No. Um. Like, are comedy movies dead? Oh, wait, no. Top picks. Yeah, so. Babylon with Brad Pitt. Heard it was awful. The Man from Toronto. No. Dog. No. Luck. No. The Menu. That didn't even look like a comedy. The Takedown. Okay, how is Scream in the comedy section? I'm, I'm going a different list. Best comedy movies 2022 from Rotten Tomatoes. Even though they're a sham, and I'll get into that another day. The Banshee of Insurian. No. The Duke. No. Good luck to you, Leo Grand. No. No. The unbearable weight of massive talent. That's probably... I didn't see it, but it kind of did look funny. Fire Island. No. Emergency. No. The God bo- The Good Boss. No. Dinner in America. No. No, no, no. These aren't good movies. I can just tell. I just know. The Best Comedy Movies of 2022 by Mary Claire website. Okay, Jackass Forever was probably funny. Marry Me. I Want You Back. Dog. No, you see, I'm not watching Channing Tatum have a relationship. Have him fucking have a dog. Like, I, I, why would I want to watch that? Um, the, I could write the best comedy movie ever. Okay, actually, that's, that's, uh, that's a lie, but... I could write one better than what these movies are. I honestly believe that. Because I because nowadays you can't say certain things, certain things. There's so many movie studios that aren't going to want to produce a Step Brothers like comedy or a Hangover like comedy because they are such huge risks right now. So you can't say comedy is dying. That's why stand-up comedy is booming. We're in the age of stand-up comedy. We're not in the age of stand-up, I mean, comedic movies anymore. Um, Because stand-up comedy is less scrutinized because not everyone's seeing the same... Because when you go to a performance, you're not seeing the same thing as everyone else. It's different in different places. You watch a comedy special and, you know, these comedians nowadays, like, they're in, stand-up comedy is is in its prime right now. Like, that's back, it was in its prime in the 80s maybe, but th- today it's just like none, nothing other. Um, I don't know, man. It's going to be wild. It's going to be mental. It's going to be mental. Let's see if there's any other news. At on the town. Um, let's go to Daily Water. Um, 
Nah, just stuff about Bud Light. I already talked about that. Uh, God, I mean. Should I talk about back to the Anheuser Bush thing? Actually, though, I just realized that. So it was a statement, you know. A lot of people on Twitter are like, "Oh, they didn't apologize." I don't think it was meant to be an apology. I think it was meant more to be like, um, "Listen, like guys, like." Uh, it's kind of like a stepfather. It's kind of like a father telling a kid that his, that the stepmother's moving in the house. It's kind of like it's kind of like that. That's how it feels. Um I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know how you apologize for that. It just seems like I, if I was the CEO, I'd be like like listen, I didn't make this decision decision, but you wanna not uh I don't know actually, I don't know what I would say. That's a tightrope. He kinda balanced the tightrope. He's like, Oh, we love America and hard values. Like, no you don't. Shut up. Like that is the biggest horseshit I've heard. You're just saying that to appeal to the people you pissed off. We believe in American hard values of hard work and no you no you don't. Like, stop lying. Um, but again, that's to distract us from real pressing hot button, real pressing issues. Um, like, 400 people, like, almost 500,000 people are dead from the Ukraine-Russia war. You know, it's like, oh, we stand behind Ukraine. We stand behind Ukraine. No, you don't. Like, no, you don't. You know, you're here, you're here, either in favor or unin favor of the Bud Light situation. Like, like we are funding a war, another pointless, like, it seems inevitable that Putin, that Russia is going to get Ukraine. They have a way. Their their military is older. Um, not the people, like the the equipment. A lot of old equipment. That's the only, That's really the only leg up. Ukraine has is we're sending them so much money, and then the leaked documents that came out. Um, it is. It was evident that we've been pressuring the country Jordan to send an iron dome or Israel to send an iron dome. We were pressuring Jordan. We're pressuring South Korea to send weapons to Ukraine. Like, um, I don't know what you do. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't have gotten involved, but how much, like, when do we say, all right, um, like, when do we say, okay, 
this is it. Like, you guys, sorry guys. It's a tough situation. Because, like, on one hand, you don't want to set a precedent, precedent that anyone can go into any country and take it over. Um, if I was Joe Biden, I would just be like, look, look, Zelensky, they're giving you fucking billions of dollars in weapons. 200,000 young men are dead. Um, possibly more. You, you, you're not winning this long term. You know, Russia, their history of wars is they start off really bad and then come swinging after the winter or something like that, I heard. So you're going to sit down with Putin or one of his representatives or go on a Zoom call and you're going to give up the already Russian-occupied cities, um, the Donbass region, the ones that opt to wanted to be annexed, and you're going to give those away and you guys are going to fucking work out and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be yelling at Putin too. I would say something like that. I'd be like Putin, bro. You can have this fucking region here, the one that where the separatists live and speak Russian and wanna, and they wanna be a part of Russia. But you're done. You're not having Kiev. It's not a part of Russia. It used to be. It's not anymore. Um, you have fucking the biggest country in the world. Relax. You don't need it. You can have these couples. You can have this many square miles. That's it. You're done. Go home. Live out your days. Work on making the country warmer. Like I would say something like that. Um, I would be the best president ever. I think it's a job I would thrive in. And the fact that my fast food meals would be paid for would be sick. Um, yeah. I would make three White Houses, too. I don't think there should just be one. I would make keep the one in D.C. Then I would have one in the middle of the country. A tall high rise above everyone else. Somewhere in like Kansas or Colorado. Somewhere in the dead smack middle. And I would call that the Tower of Excellence. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then the third one would be in like Los Angeles. I'll make like a federal district in Los Angeles. That's a one square mile. And that one will be my beach house. Gotta have a beach house. Gotta have somewhere to relax. Take a break. Let the VP do his thing. That's what I would do. I wonder... I was wondering the other day. I wonder if instead of two four-year terms... Well, possible for two four-year terms. if Or would it be better to have just one six-year term? 
like a senator, like but only just one. Like you can only have one full year term as a president. That'd be interesting because six years, like they say four years, you don't get much done. But six years is a long time. That'd be two midterm elections. It It's a long time to get a lot of opportunity to get something. Like you probably get a lot done on your fifth or sixth year. Um, and not worrying about re-election. You wouldn't have to worry about re-election. And it's only two years less than an eight-year term. And we're not worrying about re-election would have you not worried about doing something controversial. Like, you would just do whatever you want. You don't care about what people think. I don't know. Worth exploring. Worth exploring. Um, it is Friday night, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just sitting here talking about my thing. I guess that woman's not gonna call me. Oh, wait, I did get a notification. Yeah, I don't think that woman's going to call me. I should probably check if she emailed me, but if she doesn't go with me, I'll be really let down because she seemed like she liked me a lot. You can tell sometimes when people are really going to buy from you. Sales is a roller coaster of emotions. It really is. Like one day you're riding high and you feel like you can take on the world. And then you have like a couple of shitty weeks and you're just like, can't keep doing this <laughs> but I like it um, you can make a good living from it it's one of those jobs that is meant for someone like me who was never really the best student never really thrived at one specific thing so um And I'm not saying sales is for dummies, but for me, I don't know. I don't know what else I would have done. But I'm. I would like to use it as a, a, a experience building block to lead on to something else. That's about it. I'm gonna go maybe shower. It was nice speaking to my fans. Um, also, yeah, trying to get ads, um, so we'll see how that goes. I don't think they're going to take me, but maybe stupid not to, or maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. They probably wouldn't. All right. Until next time, you've been listening to the Montajag podcast available on Spotify, Samsung, I think Amazon and others. Bye.